0: what's up all in family make sure you like share and save on all of our platforms we would greatly appreciate it y'all keep on supporting we appreciate the love always go all in.
1: all i need is a beat and i'm stitching you like stitching these words together how i'm still getting better i'm finding more gold as i dig in the dirt with the shovel i got the last laugh don't get blown away by the back drive.
2: Yo, what's up everybody? It's the All In Audio Experience. It's your boy Jordan here and my guy, Trent. Trent is in the building. Okay, I thought he was about to give a good introduction, but I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? I got my boy here. This is a very special guest. He's got that entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, He was raised in a small business kind of like influence household. His father had a um, funeral home business. Uh, If you talk to him, the first thing he's going to tell you about is the
3: business world. <laughs> I
2: got my boy Hoy here, What's
3: Hoy him What's going on, y'all? What's going on?
2: Yes, sir. How you doing today, my guy? I'm good. Just trying to make it. Trying Just to, make
3: yeah, it. trying to get it. So, yes, man, first of
2: all, congratulations, my guy. He's uh
3: Oh yeah.
2: He he's about to tie that knot with a very special friend of yep. ours. Yep. <laughs> we grew up with a Mariah. Shout out to Mariah. Yeah, my
3: best friend right there. Yes, That's sir, my heart sir.
2: Yes, sir. And you just doing a lot of great things, man. I got to give you your flowers for that, bro. Appreciate it. You all. always been upstanding. Always been making the right decisions. You know what I'm saying? And I like that. I like
3: that. Appreciate so, it, man, I try. I try.
2: He tries. He <laughs> tries. He tries. Only times when we hoop, he I, I got to calm him down so he he get a little hot. Man, I, look, look.
3: I just, I just been high. This is always young. I, I try the the chill, but you know some folks know how to press your button sometimes. So it's just. Oh
2: no, you Trey, <laughs> Trey, turn into a different
3: beast on that court, bro. Trey, you no. can't blame me, man. I, I just like the win, I just like to win. That's it, that's all it is. I'm I was,
0: um, I was with y'all that one time. It wasn't too, I ain't see it come out, but I'm sure it does for sure. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, that's
2: that, that's just what that's just with, with us. If we like going to get some foes, man. You get a little turned up, just yeah.
3: Like no, I just don't like how folks, you know, they. They try to get on on you. I ain't trying to let nobody get over on me.
2: You know what I'm saying? They be so. sleeping on them, and they'll hit a couple of threes. Oh, yeah. They'll
3: we'll be sitting on the, the sideline. They'll like, oh, this, this nigga can't hoop. Oh, so, yeah. let me <laughs> <laughs> so let me try. And So when I get out there. I hit a couple threes. I'm like, okay, I probably need to guard them, man. So
0: we'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to need, need some advice on the proposal tip um, at some point. So, you know, All right. oh. I'm going to be reaching out to Hoyt. Okay. okay. Sure, yeah.
2: sure, I like the sound sure. of that. <laughs>
0: yeah, man.
2: Yeah. So you love the business world. You love entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So let's just go there first and let's train you wanna go, if you wanna take it somewhere else. Let's just get a background. I know you went to Auburn. Um so more than, time. More than.
0: <laughs> Also you was you said you grew up in a small town too. How has that kinda shaped, you know, who you are, um and also as a businessman, how's that may
3: have shaped you a little bit? Ooh, so yeah, I'm from Delville, Alabama. So I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar where Enterprise of Dothan is. It's southeast Alabama, so we're close to um, Panama City. Everybody go through us just to get to the beach. So but yeah, I grew up at um my dad, he's a preacher, so grew up in a pastor preacher home. Um have a brother. Yeah, growing up, um, it was always eyes on me. Some so my dad at the time had the biggest black church in Enterprise. So growing up, I could be, I remember one time we were riding down the street, me and my brother, and he was at ROTC at the time. I'm probably a senior in high school and he's a junior. So we going, we on Delville Avenue going to the high school. My brother had his ROTC uniform in the back, right? And it was covering the back window. And my dad calls me, he's at the house. So he works at VA job. He's at the house and he works from home and he travels a lot. So he calls me, he was like, Boy, get that um, ROTC uniform out the back. When I'm like, how the in the world do you know we have an ROTC uniform in the back? So later on that day, we get home. He was like, yeah, one of the church members saw you and called us and told them they can't see in your car. I'm like, really? So it was just that type of eyes on you. So you know what I'm saying?
2: I thought they did it like as like a safety hazard. So they just said it because they couldn't see in your car. Either? Yes. So it was, just, <laughs> it
3: was just those type of eyes on, on you. So it was just the pressure is like my, my way we was raised. It was like, always keep a good name. So your your name your name is everything. So we just try to make sure we keeping a good name is whatever we did and whatever we um do represents not just us, but it represents our family and our dad. You know what I'm saying? So that that's the main thing we try, I try to do within my life, just keep a good name and make sure I represent my family well. So I like that. They doing a lot though. That was
2: that was so dramatic. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> it's like, why just get get some business at that point? Just get some. I'm trying to get to school. It's too early for that.
2: <laughs> so, uh, going going into like some more of your roots, when did you notice you uh had like that that entrepreneurial bug, that spirit mm. into you?
3: Man, that been in my whole life. So my uncle, he's an entrepreneur, my dad, my granddaddy, they all um been entrepreneurs, they own a business. It was either selling life insurance, um, working at a funeral home. My uncle started his own networking company. Um, I'm not an engineer, so it's hard for me to explain it, but he's an entrepreneur. But um, it's been in it since I was a kid. I remember when I was in elementary school, I always loved money. I know that sounds bad.
2: No, nah, no, nah, I was so in so like
3: <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't greedy or anything, but I was always interested in the concept of money so i remember um if and i if i wanted something i didn't care how much it cost i'll probably get it but the thing is i will wait so we'll get money probably for christmas all the time right mm-hmm. and i take the cars and i just put my money in a piggy bank or put it in, like i'll save my money and then i have a younger brother jew i was like oh let me play with your toys let me and we, oh, so, yeah, we'll get a PlayStation. He was like, I remember first time we had to get a separate PlayStation when they start um, doing the streaming stuff, like PlayStation 3s and stuff. Okay. So he was like, no, nah, I, I don't want you to share no more. I was like, okay, let me come at and cough it up now. But when I was in third grade, this guy had a wallet, right? I don't know if you remember those wallet chains to connect to your belt. Yeah. Yeah, with the yeah. chains. And um, I remember seeing that, right? I was like, man, I want that i went over i said I, can i have your wallet he's like no i said i'll give you three hundred dollars i'm in third grade now dead ass <laughs> i'm like i'll give you three hundred dollars and he was like like you ain't got three hundred dollars i ain't and this is my first time learning the value of money also so on um, value of a dollar so i come back the next day i was like okay bet i'll bring you three hundred dollars he ain't believe me. came home went home got my three hundred dollars Brought it to the class. I need their skin. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened, and that's what happened. My my folks was livid. so he went. The first thing he did was tell the teacher. There was there was already shocked. The teachers were already shocked. They had that much money, and then um they gave it to my mom. She put it in the big on uh, piggy bank, not little piggy bank or whatever. I had. You to get to touch money too, Yeah, like I didn't get to touch. Years? Yeah, I ain't get to touch that money no more. I probably ain't <laughs> see that probably till high school. Oh, really? so yeah, Dang. but always yeah. I save a dollar.
0: That showed you money talks though, you know. You you pull it up like a lot of times when you pull up somewhere, you give them straight cash. They ain't gonna deny you, you know. So, mm-hmm.
3: so it's, it's lesson learned quick. Yeah, and then getting that um, getting that um, I ain't realize how much money I had. You gotta think about it that way. I'm I'm probably nine, so it's three hundred dollars. I'm just saving it. So I get you get money from family when you Christmas time. So I, we a small family, so he will give us money or my uncle, he'll give us book. And I'll just save the money I had because I ain't nothing I want. So me doing that, I found something I want. I realized the value of a dollar at that point because what I'm trying to say, Jordan, (laughs) I'm losing my train of thought.
2: Uh, Well, I I feel like I kind of resonate with it because when I was a kid, I like had a thing where like. I wanted to make money, but it wasn't like I loved money itself. Mm-hmm. It was more like um, I love the concept of it in the sense of like what you can do with it, how yeah. you can save it. Like if I wanted something, uh, my mom one time, she said one time, she's like, if you save past how much you got in weight and buy it then, but you got like twice as much
0: mm-hmm. you
2: could buy it twice, that's way better than buying it and not having all my money no more. So I did that every time. Every time yeah. I wanted a toy, I would save past it. And it was like little things like that. It was like the principles behind money were just so cool to me. Yeah. And I knew once I started thinking about like, different jobs and stuff like that, every time I was like, well, they make any money. Yeah, that's that's same here. Okay, how fun the job is. I ain't making no cash. It's not going to, I ain't going to stick with it. Yeah.
3: So. yeah, and that principle, it also taught me the worth of the dollar because that wallet wasn't worth that much. Oh, so, me, yeah. yeah, me getting my store my up, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Show me, okay, why you got this? You could have got, gave him $5 and ended up with that wallet instead of you trying to risk everything you got. So it also taught me taught me that little value. You know what I
2: think you really had? I think you really had an economic spirit. Uh, not a se- not a se- necessarily a, a love of like money. I feel mm-hmm. like you actually fell in love with the concept of economics. Yeah. Because um, high school, I took one economics class. I was like, bro, I like this. Because economics takes it a step farther. You start placing value on things. Mm-hmm. And that's when money becomes stops being the currency and you start looking at things like time, you start yeah. looking at things like opportunity costs and it kind of makes it expand and it's like its own like own science, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you start, it just makes it so much cooler and you start looking at things from a totally different, like you be out with your boys and they'll spend so much time on the littlest of things and you're like, bro, we wasting time. We really spending we money right here wasting your time, time, bro. Yeah. And it's like, just getting that little, stop fighting over these little crumbs, bro. It's, I promise you. you yeah. Know?
3: And, and you know, you hear it all the time time is money. I know it sounds cliche, but it's so true. It's so true. It's so true because the, the time you spend in something over here is a time where you could be doing something else. Figure out how to make a dollar, figure out um, the better yourself, building your craft, you know? So, just spending
2: time with your family. Yeah. There's like, so too. many folks oh. will spend. You know, you spend 10, 8, 10 hours at work. Right? Mm-hmm. If you get your
3: money right, you'd you be at work for two hours, mm-hmm. four
2: hours. Make just as much money I say
3: money know. is freedom. I swear. It's freedom. Because mm-hmm. my, my dad, the way, way, way he's moving right now is just he's doing everything for our funeral home business. He's 60-something years old. Yeah. So I'm trying to get him to the point where it's like we can get hired people to do what, he, that, that he, what he's doing and just make sure the process is the same and you get the same quality of work but also giving him the freedom because my mom's about to retire. You would think they don't want to go to the beach. They want to spend their time yeah, together. You know what I'm saying? Just money is freedom. You know, it's about so it's, it's not going yeah. to stop this. <laughs> yeah. stop this. <laughs> I'm about to
2: go sit down. So go ahead, Trent. That's, a, that's
0: the thing, though, It's like – because my grandfather, he has a um, a telephone business. He does installing of wiring and stuff like that. But um, I feel like sometimes the generation – didn't know how to scale it, so that's why they yeah. still in that situation where they working. So my granddad, he doesn't work as much, but he's still doing everything by himself. Now, if he would have, you know, knew how to scale it, who knows where it would
3: have went. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man. Um, but now we got that knowledge, so yeah and that's the difference between generations they they knew how to start and hustle to get a dollar. It's our time to learn how to scale in and make sure it continues. you know so
2: I think um one thing I noticed too is that the past generation got um, got mastery and scaling things up confused. You can master you can be the greatest at doing something, but you never scale you never took the other out of scaling it in a way where you don't have to work as hard. You'll know somebody that's like the best barber in the city, say it's a barbershop. Maybe you got to like the A plus, 100 level, whatever you want to rate it of being a barber, but you never stopped for a second and then developed a system to where you don't have to work as much. You do it when you want to, but you don't actually have to because you have a shop with six barbers. You got two shops with Mm -hmm. six barbers. You see what I'm saying? You're making money when you're not working and then you just do it when you feel like it. And I feel like that's what... Other communities have done. They'll they'll get to like eighty overall with just use two K ratings. And being a barber, <laughs> they'll take a they'll take a step back, stop working for a second, and fill out figure out how to make a system where they don't have to do everything. Anymore. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's the next
0: level. Yeah, it really <laughs> is next level. So. All right, um, let's talk about show um education, though at um Auburn and stuff. What did you study and uh how did that kind of help you um I guess as you go into your career or your ambitions of you know going into real estate and all those other things?
3: So I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit before Auburn, right? So when I graduated high school, I had no clue what I wanted to do, like everybody else, you know, but I didn't apply for my ACT. Or was in the trash, so I didn't apply for many colleges and anything. And I knew my family had a own um, funeral home business, so at that time I wanted to um go to the funeral home business. And I and I so I end up going to Birmingham to mortuary school. Learned a lot up there. Best experience. I was, I felt like I was thrown in the deep end. So I, every day we only had two classes a week. Um, didn't do great at Birmingham. Not gonna lie but um that experience just taught me how to persevere and get through. So my my way to Auburn was was a little different than most people. So I transferred in after all that and had my credits long story short, but um got to Auburn, ended up doing accounting, right? I hated accounting, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jordan knows yeah. like bro, account, bro. Account. Go ahead. Here's this so many stories.
2: Specific types of mindsets and people that work with accounting and if you're not one of those people you might as well just change
3: (laughs) yeah so and the only reason i did accounting because again didn't know what i wanted to do knew i love money knew i love business so i'm gonna follow my dad's footsteps he ended up having he has an accounting degree from troy so i'm gonna try accounting so didn't i like it i'm like three classes away from um graduating or or something probably a semester. I was like, man, I'm gonna change my major. I'm sick of this. I Failed a couple of classes. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm not a great student. Trent. I'm not even gonna lie to you, but I, perse- I persevere, bro. I, I like I'm the type of person I'm not gonna give up. You gonna like I'm gonna keep asking and I'm gonna keep doing it till you know something good comes out of it. But end up changing my major to finance, and that that um that helped me a lot, you know. So, but yeah, I'm not gonna say my school was the best experience, but because outside, like, well, I mean, the best experience of the classroom was the best, but outside of that, like, so my, I was outside. yeah, my <laughs> fraternity and everything. I learned a lot just from doing that. That got me out there because when we have to um, register people to vote, so we on the concourse talking it, many people coming in, coming through, just trying to get them over to register or do something or get active, whatever we're doing. So just that helped me um, form a voice right there. So. For sure, for sure. Just to stay, stay on that topic.
2: I had accounting too, um, mm-hmm. and I dropped it, and I turned it into my minor because I had so many credits. But like, it was just out of fact; I just didn't want to lose the credits. Yeah, but same. Like, bro. If, you're not, <laughs> you, say, if you're not a person, if you're the type of person. That has a sock drawer and like a drawer, like you know what I'm saying. They love organized and they're labeled. Then (laughs) you do accounting. If you're not, then just let it ride.
3: And I I tell people, (laughs) people really don't know the difference between accounting and finance. I say accounting is accounting, accounting. For what has happened so you accounted for the past and the finance you're looking for in the future so you're looking for your own um, cost analysis you looking at how much something's gonna cost that what projection of income that's coming in so just stuff like that so i like looking towards the future i ain't trying to figure out what what has happened i is in the past i don't want to worry about it
2: <laughs> you know it's, what i'm saying it's so yeah. weird how the business practices can be so far what you actually do, yeah. That, it's but and the weird thing is if you run a business you actually didn't bring them together and need all of them but mm-hmm. at the same time if you if you're specializing in one your skill set Loki is so far away so yeah, far away at times but
3: yeah yeah my pops he always said if you don't know your numbers you don't know your business true you have no, to know your numbers because that's that's like the heart and soul of your business because because if you don't know that you don't know if you're doing the right thing you don't know. Where your money's going, it just you're not gonna succeed. It's just it's just point blank. So mm-hmm. I, I tell people, learn your numbers, learn learn the basic skills of finance. You don't have to be the great at the best at it, but basic skills are how to budget everything. You'll you'll be fine. So no, that
2: was a gem. That's a gem. The um, accelerator mm-hmm. program I used to follow it was called Wine Combinator.
3: Mm-hmm. It's like one of
2: the biggest accelerator accelerator programs. Like they start started, started at Uber, Airbnb, a lot of those big tech companies that came up and. The guy who's like over it and is like one of the main people that like bring in the incoming founders and they do it every year. So there's actually something to look into if you want to start like in tech or a startup type of thing and you want funding and you want somebody to help you through it, look up Y Combinator. But the thing they said was the founders that were like like 90% of the founders that are successful are the founders that know their numbers mm-hmm. religiously. Like if you ask them, they know their numbers, they know their revenue, they know um they know they up. know the uh the the runway that's uh, how much time you have before you're, you go insolvent and, and you don't have enough money to keep going and like the for the most part the people that don't know it don't know it because they know it's bad and there's like a fear mindset of like <sighs> Like that, that thing on the back of their shoulder, like
3: you ain't know, got yeah. much time. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's the thing. People are scared of money, man.
2: Yeah,
3: it's like they're scared to talk about their budget. They're scared. Of, it's like, man, it's here. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to deal with. It. Not, not saying don't be scared of it, but like conquer it. You know, It's mm-hmm. like you control the dollar. It's not controlling you. You, you control yeah. where you're spending your money. You know what I'm saying? If it sits there, it's sitting there because you letting it sit there. So. Just, I just say just to get your, just educate yourself, you know.
2: Yeah, so. and it's something everybody's got to conquer because I know, like when um we were like this like, not even that long ago, we were just at a tight spot where like we had spent a lot of money, we didn't have a lot of money coming in. It was like I got tired of looking at that every day. Mm-hmm. It was, like, bro, it's not getting any better, but like Trim remembers, we had like that period like where we was like we just had to look at it and assess like how much time we got, what we got to do each mm-hmm. month to like make it work. And just, just actually just have eyes on it. And even like one person, they said one thing is like, they literally had like a sticky note on their computer every the day that had their revenue, had the money going out every month. All oh, that. wow. And when you look at it every day, you 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 just have to be conscious of it. And you can start just taking little practical steps to like get you to a place where, you know what I'm saying? You, you you're at least breaking even or mm-hmm. you're at least like making progress towards it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's just simple as like, you know, starting your personal budget and all that is essential. I mean, I feel like I was like kinda just floating around um probably like a couple years ago, not even worrying about it. And then you end up at the end of the month like, damn, uh shit, where all my money go? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's like it's like, man, you really gotta tackle that and focus on, you know, the bills first and then you can play around after that, yeah, uh,
2: I think the uh anybody who's like struggling and it's best to start personal before you can think of my business. I think the best thing you can do to get over that hurdle of being scared is stopping the bleeding. I guarantee you if you're at the place of like where you're just like where. Dang, like where I spend that—that's the—that's the worst place you could be at, because that means you're just not conscious of it. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you need to do is just look and see where the money's going. And nine times out of ten, you got like three subscriptions to two different <laughs>
3: Netflix services and whatnot that you don't, that even,
2: you don't even use. Yeah. And once you cut those off, you will realize, oh,
3: I have. Fifty extra dollars every month. Or you got a gym membership you're not using. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being, like yeah. you know, so it's stuff yeah. like
2: that. And then once you become conscious of it, you stop doing things like on the way home, stopping at the gas station for that snack you don't need when you got mm-hmm. stuff at the house. You know or eating out
3: for lunch. That's my that's my thing. eating out for lunch. Yeah, bro. That's gonna kill me one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get better with it. <laughs> See
2: it's just I swear it's little things, bro. Those little things compound, bro.
3: Mm-hmm. I swear. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, All right, wait, so real estate. Well, let's go into um, the funeral business, yes, sir.
2: That's because what you
0: finished. went to school for that first. Oh, so I didn't finish yeah. What What was that experience like, man? What it What is that business like? Just give us a, a overall view. That's a That's a big answer
3: right I need there.
2: The, I need the I need that whole thing, like the the dirty world, dark world, too. <laughs>
3: I can't air all that out but we'll see we'll see but um yeah just me being me and my brother we've been around it just growing up we used to play in a funeral home you know so it it, it was nothing taboo to us you know so it just it was a normal life like death is a part of life um to us i know that sounds bad but it's like it is so i remember i can't i can do the honest part i can't tell you the time i seen my first dead dead person just yeah i I you' been telling me or something like you be, you was helping, yeah I've been helping since I was a kid man i can I probably started working funerals probably ten eleven, so mm-hmm. yeah I've been helping since elementary school, but um, yeah, just growing up around it just being around around it um my dad was like, don't there's no there's nothing to be scared of a dead person. The only person you need to be scared of are people that's walking around with you. Like the dead pe- pe- people can't do nothing to you. But until um, they come out that yeah. <laughs> I don't play it. Play. <laughs> only time that's gonna happen when Jesus comes back. When that happens, <laughs> hey. I'm I'm not, hey, I hope God take me with him. <laughs> but um yeah, um it's 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 interesting. You see a lot of different things in the funeral home business. Um you good? No, keep talking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You see a lot of different things in the funeral home business. Um man. So you have you have some families come in there, bruh. Um they don't so I, my thing is a lot of people is not educated on what goes on in the funeral home business. So um they're never prepared. So a lot of people of color especially, they'll come to us and don't have insurance or enough money to pay for the funeral on funeral. So we have to work through those type of boundaries. And um, this is a, it's just a lot that, can, what what do you want to know specifically about it? Well, um, yeah, go ahead and talk about like, what do you need, you know, like death
0: is something that you can't, sometimes you know it's coming, but for somebody like our age, we don't expect um, mm-hmm. to die tomorrow. You know, what do you need to have in place for yourself so that your family doesn't have to bear the burden of you know being having to pay for all of these expenses and um
3: you know sometimes families go into debt and all that situation so so i it just it depends i'm not every situation is different Trent. um some people you need to have a trust. Some people need to have a, everybody needs to have a will. I know even the little stuff you have, like your podcast equipment, who you want, you want to just get sold or you want it to go to your mama. You want Trent to keep it, you know what I'm saying? So it's just little stuff like that, wills. Um, and especially life insurance. So that's the key thing. Just, um, life insurance ain't for when you just die. It helps you, benefits you when you live and also, but like, at least, I I know a lot of people, a lot of black people, they love to say, I'm not leaving my kids nothing. They they grown. They're going to be all right. Wrong mindset. Because even if you don't leave them nothing, you're still leaving them with the debt. That's leaving them with something. So at least get enough to get, get buried. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the little stuff you got to think about. Um, just if you own property, you own stuff, make sure all your I's dotted, T's cross. So get with a lawyer, a financial advisor, somebody that can Help you even when you go to the funeral home. Let's say you have a um, um an older relative that's on hospice or something. You don't have to wait till they pass. You can go to the funeral home and get a pre-need. So a pre-need arrangement is where you talk to a licensed funeral director. You get all everything you want. So you um get your package together. You get your vault, your casket, where you want to get buried. And all that he writes up the cost for that. He hands that to the licensed insurance agent if he's not the licensed insurance agent, and um and they write you a pre need insurance policy so you can pay on that monthly. So when when that time comes, you already have your um your burial burial and your um everything is set. So the burden won't fall on your relative. So it's just little things like that.
0: That's good. Good word. Yep. Okay, so, right.
2: Jordan, yeah, go ahead and ask the question. I know you got some, you know,
3: crazy, you know, like, why well, my question got to be crazy, man? Because <laughs> you, know you
0: do ask crazy questions. I don't even know why you had to. <laughs> all,
2: right, so, all right, so, what was the first time you, like, had to help with something?
3: Oh, man, that wasn't, so, growing up, my dad ain't had me in the back room because oh, okay. I I was in I was in um school. I helped dress, but i am never helped. And bomb, Okay, okay. And, bruh, that was an experience. Um I'm not gonna say where I was, who I was with or anything. But um so you did end up doing it? Yeah. So when you when you work in the school, I already said I was a Burman, but when you work in the school, you have to um have you have to do apprenticeship. So to get licensed, you have to be a licensed um, funeral director and a licensed embalmer. You don't have to be at the same. But those the licenses you have to hold um in the in the funeral um Home, so you have to have those on the wall and displayed. So I, at the time I was an apprentice, and I was a licensed um print- appra- um apprentice for an embalmer and a funeral director. So I was going on funerals every single Saturday. I remember been you know, on the funeral. We probably had five funerals, and we just driving around, hopping each funeral. So and then um to your bombing question, my first time was in Birmingham. So I'm a licensed bomber. You go in there, you see a lot of different stuff, man. It's just. Just I walk back in that back room at a time you can have ten dead people. I know that sounds yeah. bad, but it'd be ten people just people you gotta have a stomach for it, you
2: sounds know like
3: <laughs> you gotta have a stomach for it. It ain't for everybody, mm-hmm. but the thing I like about it is um you can you try to do the best you can by your family you, by your families that come in, mm-hmm. you make them look the best you can and the and the best compliment you can get from a family is like. They look like they're sleeping. They look like themselves. Okay, that's the best compliment you get. So you you know you did you doing right. You know like, what I'm saying. So that's not always possible, depending on how they died. Yeah, like it's not. But also it depends on your bomber too, oh. because your bomber can be so skilled. So I don't know. You know you do makeup, oh. um, in the back you um, and then people still getting you get the haircut. The hairdresser come in. You do the hair. Okay. And also we had a lady when I was um. Um in Birmingham, we had a lady that died. She was burnt um alive. And she was actually um probably lighter yeah, way lighter complexion than me. And yeah, she like I'm right. not light skinned. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I'm just saying she probably Mariah's complexion. I'm gonna okay. say that. And um but um yeah, but when she when they pulled her out, you know, she's burnt she's been burnt in the house so fire. And um and the bomber is so good he made her looking good and it did the makeup so well and everything she actually looked like herself so it just it depends mm-hmm. on the situation that you sometimes you can't because it's so bad but and you suggest to the family like we'll have to have a closed casket but just little stuff like that you know
0: Sure. So when you bring somebody in, some of these people that do makeup or hairdressers, are they specific to the funeral business or are they yeah. sometimes just people that, um, you know, I'm my
3: barber down the street, you know? Yeah, it can be your barber down the street. It can be your barber down the street. Yeah. So um, most barbers have two sets of clippers. I can't say for every <laughs> <laughs> they say for every barber And I, you know what I'm saying I can't speak for everybody I have seen mm-hmm. where barbers they have two sets And it was like okay I'm never getting my hair cut by you But
2: um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah but it's on the hygiene of the barber So but um, yeah Most barbers have two sets Even hair um, beauticians they have two sets And they come in and do the hair But at that time before they doing it We have them dressed um, They're covered up um you just pull them back and just showing heads so they can do the hair so they don't see you anything need, you need a new
2: set you go some <laughs> folks. you need a new set and to burn that's it
3: oh, no respectfully need... <laughs> <laughs> no but, but by the time by the time they um by the time you get to that point you um you know went through the the bombing process so all anything that was there is dead you can because you okay oh, you know, yeah, they cleaned them out and stuff. yeah when the embalming process you push the fluid in and everything so it's just like there's nothing um so you use it's for I think matter how it's different um things you can use on different um chemicals and yeah yeah so it's chemicals and stuff and um yeah the, all the embalming on um, process doing just slow down the own um, decomposition process. So that's all it does, um, but anything is dead by the time you get done embalming them, you you it shouldn't be nothing that's no germs or anything. they probably clean it in us to be honest with you, so you wash the body and all that so
0: all right. mm, yeah okay, so, so you what is can you tell us the the process the embalming process
3: is that something you can tell somebody can um, I don't know if folks want to hear that or not, but it ain't gruesome. <laughs> so it depends on. Um, so there's six points you can go through. So, so um six points, I think six points, yeah. Six points. I'm not I'm not a licensed embalmer. I was an apprentice. I do not embalm. I'm gonna get that out there, you know what I'm saying? I okay, ain't trying yeah, to move yeah. trouble or nothing. I don't do that. So <laughs> but um have been in the back room and witnessed it and have helped out in the bombing. But um there's six points you can go through. So um two up here, two in the arm, two in the thighs. And you pull the artery and the vein out. All right, you, um, I can't remember. I think you cut the vein, so that's the where the blood will come out. You cut the artery. You push the tube down, so you can. So you got it. It, it acts like your heart almost. You try to build the own um, blood circulation back up, so you circulate to push the blood back, back in, so so it can get through your own um, get through the um, deceased system and harden. Not harden, but um, yeah, harden and and embalm them to make them stiff, you know, because you don't want it. Because if, if you see if you were able to do your grandma my hand like that after she dead, that, that was a horrible embalmer. You shouldn't be able to move them like that. So, yeah. OK. And so and then the second part of that is I don't know if you want to hear that. He got autopsies. I don't know if you know what the autopsy is. You've probably seen it on like CSI mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, autopsies is when a case happens in the corner or people they um they go to the morgue and they have to dissect them and everything. To, um, either a organ donor, so you want their organs, or um, you have to figure out how they're died. So most time it's, like gunshot victims or like or murder cases and stuff like that. Just to um or yeah to figure so out what happened to them. They come after y'all. No, they come before us. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So we get the body after them. So if if an autopsy case come after that, um, before that, they don't embalm them. They just do what they need to do. They suture them back up, and we get them.
2: Okay, okay. And then after
3: that, we have to do the whole embalming process. So I'm not going to explain all that. It's kind of yeah. So so, they're called a coroner. So So coroner, I'm not sure. Don't quote me. I'm not sure if the corner does it or not, but the corner, because your corner is the elect, um elected official. So the corner most time doesn't do it, but it's the um the city morgue that does it. Mm-hmm. So you have you have doctors and um forensic scientists that's in there that's doing stuff mm-hmm. like that. So
2: and they're the ones that suture them back up. Yeah,
3: and then we they get them, we take their sutures out and actually embalm them. So who's everything. a mortician? Mortician is a bomber, same thing, okay. just two different language. It's like there and there, you know what I'm okay. saying? Okay, yeah. gotcha,
2: gotcha.
3: Sorry. Right. So I'm about to get into the life
2: sh- insurance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Trin, you got any more um embalming questions?
3: Nah, nah. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why. That's the when I start talk, talk start talking about Finhole, that's the first thing folks want to know. It's like, how do you embalm Feel You ain't scared. It's like, man, see, there's a lot more process, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Than that. But it's
2: interesting though. It's interesting though. Because you know, for the most part. Most people are just so removed from it, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I've only been to a couple of funerals in my life, and we see them when they're in the casket. And for mm-hmm. the most part, you know, they you try don't know to the make them behind the work, yeah, nonsense. and they try yeah. to make them look as as good as possible. So you know, yeah. But uh, going into life insurance, I know you have like a lot of aspirations when it comes to life insurance, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to like just talk about like those plans you got for not just having the family or funeral, but Funeral home service, but turning it into like a full time service, and like what in that vision that you got?
3: Yeah, so that vision that that didn't start with me. My dad, he's he's been on that since since he was young too. So all my aspirations, low key, come from him, and um, and so the reason he's the reason I end up getting my life insurance license and know what I know about it. But um, yeah, that we we I'm kind of me. My plan is and what I would like to see one day is, you know, it, it's like a life service aspect with the funeral home because now people are um, I know it's just going to sound bad. A funeral home is still a business. You got to remind you got to remember that. So when you're burying somebody, a lot of people don't want to get buried and it's cutting the funeral home cost where people get cremated. Oh, okay. So that cuts cost there's not much processing that and everything, which is fine. I understand people want to go the cheaper route. but So that also has, so the funeral home's have to figure out where they want to transition to. So how they want it. So it's like, do you want to have reception halls and stuff like that in your business? It's just different things. And my mind is I want to have like a one-stop shop for things, you know what I'm saying? So everything that consists of your life services need, you're able to come in the funeral home and have access to a, a lawyer that can do a will or a trust for you because, you know, people of color like us, we really don't have access to people like that, have access to a licensed life insurance agent where you can get a whole life insurance term life if you need that or get a pre-need policy. So just a one stop shop for, uh, for your life services needs. That's why that's how I think about it.
2: I think that goes back to our conversation of scaling up. Mm hmm. There's different ways to do it. And um, when, you're, when you're bringing in different sources of income, and I think it's important to really, it's a business at the end. Yeah. So many times in our community, people think, what are you doing? You, you're supposed to love what you do, this, that, and the other. Like, I'm sure nurses, doctors, people in a bunch of different fields love what they do. We do. media. Mm-hmm. You know, I love what I do. But, like, just like you, I got people to provide for yeah, you. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be. You know, we,
3: yeah, we have staff. You know what I'm saying? Staff. It ain't just us. We gotta we 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 pay our staff so they can feed their family. So you gotta think exactly. about little stuff like that. And not so. just feed
2: your family. Like I don't want to go through my life barely making it. Like, yeah, I that's work, true. We we were work, everybody works too hard to not to be surviving, not thriving. Mm-hmm. But back to what you were saying, um, just being able to scale up and um scale in different ways. But I think um when we talk about those different sources of income, people think. Or people kind of jump to having income in different, different areas. And one thing I'm I'm doing my thing and what you just said is like, usually your different sources of income are like offshooting from the same tree. You know what I'm
3: saying? And like. It's just different branch from the same same tree. Different
2: branch from the same Mm -hmm. tree. And it's a little, it's a little, it's a step sideways into like a different realm, but it kind of branches off from your your first skill set or your first like area of knowledge. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, super super foreign or super like out there you know what i'm saying
3: yeah so that's that's one thing so you got to realize what are you doing what other sources can you get from your main branch you know make sure the tree is strong make sure your foundation and your rooting is strong you know but after this tree start growing what branches can also bear fruit so that's the thing you got to think about so we deal with a lot of musicians and i tell them bro like
2: yeah, you can sing, but you know how much faster your career will probably launch off if you learn how to do some production, you learn how mm-hmm. to be an engineer. If you actually bought a camera and did some of your own editing and maybe film some of your own music videos. Because not only will that like be able to like uh, cut down the time for you able to get content out, you'll also have people that will be like, yo, who did your video? Yep. I did it. Oh, can you do mine? Yeah, that'll be $300. I got you.
3: You know what I'm saying? And then it's also, <laughs> you got to think about it. There's artists out there. Everybody I know... He's probably canceled everything, but when he was starting off, Kanye, mm-hmm. think about that—he was a producer. Yeah, he, state yeah, state. he, <laughs> he, he had his friend him him. He had a group of guys. His friend did his videos, you know. Yeah, so right. just like, don't forget the people around you that can help too. You For ain't sure. got to do it by yourself that's sure. what everybody think you can you have to do i have to be this person and do every little thing no build your community get with your people next to you and build sure. with them so sure. that's the thing you got to think about so yeah
2: Facts. and money can be the long hanging branch you know what i'm saying we got two yeah. services that
0: cross over we can just exchange them. Mm-hmm. so yeah um so that's good like you um basically you learning how to adapt to it too like that's a part of the business game, like not only scaling, but you adapting to something that you see in the market. Not a lot of people are trying to spend money on the overall um having a funeral. They trying to transition it to cremation a lot of times to, you know, cut costs. So you gotta add more services. So they covered in all lanes. So that's uh that's, that's a right. good idea. You
3: know, Trend is also added value. So you got to think about it. Um, think where the service you do have. So people they they don't just want to have a cremation and just not have a service. They want to actually have a service and and get to mourn their loved one. So what can you add value to that? Oh, maybe I need to put a streaming system in my funeral home. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I, it's adding value and adding a service that is like, oh, that's cool. They because if you let's think about it. Think about it. If you have a streaming system like COVID, a lot of people didn't get to mourn their mother, daughter, son properly because we was on social distance. But if you had a system where 10 people now was able to go there, there, but you could also see it on the platform, you know what I'm saying? So just little things like that, you're able to be there in spirit and be there and, and mourn in unison, even though you're not there present. So.
2: And that comes down to just providing a great experience with
3: mm-hmm. you. And I tell people, I tell um, my thing is where I want the business is like it's three things. Love, life, legacy. So show the people that you care about them. Show how much you love your family. All right. Preserve, preserving life. That's where the wills and the trust it come in. And also um, um, building that when you do those two things, you build in the legacy. So because because your family members will remember how you set them up and how you did that and also it just continue to um Dude, continue to going. Yep.
2: All right, man. We we a little short on time. We're going to have to do this one again, man. Trent, what you got to uh, finish us off?
0: Oh man. So wait, give us some. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure your family has a, a website, some information. That people can go to so they can tap in with those services um, and also just give us a, a word of advice to, let's say, your, um, your younger self or, you know, a mentee that you might have. OK,
3: so you can uh, reach me at um, at Hoyt Hammond on social media, on the platform, on Facebook, Hammond Funeral Home, Um. And we're we're starting YouTube. We're starting just we're trying to grow our social media brand right now. It's an old business trying to grow. So, but a word of advice I have is um continue to push, just continue to um persevere because it may not you may not see where your road is going because I know I didn't when I was um younger and coming out of high school. But continue to push and continue to believe in yourself and and lean on your loved ones, lean on your family because I know without my brother and my my folks I want to be where I am today so just continue to push lean and you, you're going to get there because I know I'm still not there and we're growing together so that's all i say just persevere oh future. yeah all right oh yeah um, Princess Closet Boutique that's my my boo. prom dresses anything she is an online boutique that's the word I was looking for so shout out to Mariah Gallette, Princess Closet future Mariah Mariah Hammond Mrs. Hammond you know so yeah, yeah. yeah. My um, princess closet. Um, go online shop, ladies. Um, fellas, get something nice for your girls. Hey, y'all, remember I'm to go all in on everything. You they sir. All in, audio, all in. All in. Yeah. Don't be scared now.
1: Don't be scared now. I'm giving them hell now. I'm trying to walk in my soles, it's like bare feet on hot coals. Soon as I start heating up, the whole block froze. I came in with not an ordinary name. How many not says? How many top tier? How many not here? There's something in the name that's different from theirs. Depicted in scripture, holding two dragons, blowing flames. Sorry, it ain't go the same for y'all. They say a lot. Please explain a lot. You got body or do you praise a lot? It's still rock. Crosses all on your chain a lot. I'm scorching, and I never forced it. Even when forces and powers that be went against me, you use that as an excuse. You do. Cannot convince me, I trick me out my spot. Y'all want my shit like Sherman Hemsley. I'm debunking the blackball myth. The facts more or less. I might hurt your feelings, but yo, sometimes it actually is Victimization. Mix that with some entitlement. It's bound to explode. I make them stop, drop and roll, move to the side with it. There's no stopping it. I'm raps arsonist Don't be scared now. Don't be scared now. now. Giving them hell now. I'm starting to see him sweat. Don't be scared now. Don't be scared now. I'm, Don't be scared now. I'm, I'm giving them hell now. A, I must say I am what I am. They said I wouldn't survive. Look at me, damn. Like the tip of the barrel that's on the web He's on fire, NBA jam. I was on, I was alone like you know. I was making some moves I need to like concentrate and chill but I was, I was just getting all these calls and everything and it's like telling me like you on fire, you're on fire.